Welcome to the Community Corner, the podcast powered by Bevy. I'm your host, Beth McIntyre. In this show, I interview community builders from all spaces in the industry. Stay tuned for actionable strategies to learn and community stories to love, all in 15 minutes. I'm excited to have my next guest, Lauren Ueno, who is Director of Professional Groups at Workiva. Lauren builds the SEC and SOC Professional Groups, which is a member-driven, community-led events program. The community currently has 40 chapters and is helping drive acquisition, contribution, and engagement for the business. Today, Lauren shares some of the metrics she's using to track these successes and continue to improve the value of her community programs. Welcome to the Community Corner, Lauren. It's such a pleasure to have you join me today. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. First of all, I would love if you can describe what the SEC and SOX professionals groups are and what exactly you do in your role. Yeah, absolutely. So these are basically two communities for professionals to prepare financial reports with the U.S. Securities Exchange Commission, SEC, and those who are involved in SOX or the Sarbanes-Oxley Act. I know it sounds really confusing for community folks. This is just financial preparation and governmental stuff, but it has to do with internal controls, internal audit processes. And Workiva is the national sponsor of these communities and my employer. But my particular role is I'm the national director for these groups. And it is pretty cliche, but I wear many hats. <laughs> so I manage a small team to execute our webinars and our blog programming. And, you know, I work really close with our community managers who additionally identify platform improvements, content, you know, like I said, those events and discussions on our communities. Um, I also provide direction and strategy for our super users and chapter leaders, and our chapter leaders act as user group leaders. And as I just alluded, chapter leaders, what are those user groups, chapters, user group leaders, whatnots? They are member-driven, so that's what I was kind of brought into this role. And at the end of the day, I'm also there, too, as a fellow community manager to build relationships with our members and super users to drive engagement and attendance at our events. I love that. I think it's so helpful for people to hear. I mean, we all, you're right. We all say, I wear so many hats, but it's so helpful for people to hear what hats you're actually wearing. And it also gives a chance for some executives who might have employed community managers to be like, wait a minute, is my person doing all of that? Because like when you say it, Lauren, it sounds like you're doing too much. (laughs) Yeah. And that is, you know, why I was brought into this role. You know, it's been kind of a two person shop fingers crossed, we can hopefully expand that out, lighten the load, like we all are failing that probably. Yeah, 100%. And so you touched a little bit on your like user groups and, and member led programs. So that's a huge part of your community program is these user groups and events. And I would love to hear how your team kind of came to decide that events would have this kind of impact. Yeah, absolutely. So I actually have two examples. So like I mentioned, I'm newer to this role. I just started at Wakiva back in May, but I formerly was part of the Altrix community team for the past like five years. So my first example, I'm going to touch upon the, the SEC and SOX pro groups, but this form of community actually has a grassroots history. I'm sure those, that's another trigger word for a lot of you. But as a national sponsor, Wakiva had a co-founder who was personally experiencing these frustrations Another trigger word for those of you who do user groups. And he was not able to talk openly about his day-to-day challenges as a financial reporter. 
And basically, ultimately, took it upon himself to meet with uh, other peers in the Silicon Valley. And that's kind of where, you know, the, uh, the SEC and Sox Pro Groups was born. And kind of the rest is history. From a business perspective, you know, we have hundreds of members tuning in to our quarterly events. And we've actually proven the value back to Rakiva. What I was my baby, um, Alteryx community, I was brought on five years ago to actually grow and develop the user program there. So same thing, it was a grassroots movement, but I was directly involved with building out and proving that value with financial data in the form of sales opportunities and marketing opportunities. Cool. It's so nice to hear that kind of story. That's actually how the CMX community was started as well. It was like, you know, a handful of community professionals realized that there were another couple of community professionals who had the same challenges and they all got together for a beer and CMX was born. Like it's it's cool when a community, well, I guess all communities kind of start because they want to solve a challenge and they want to have help solving a challenge. Isn't that right? Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, from a community manager's perspective, it's just like, it's so rewarding to, um, I think on the business side, you know, seeing our members engage and actually helping us out towards our business goals, but just seeing from a personal level, the career progressions, the changes um, in their personal lives. Yeah. It's, it's been a really great ride. Cool. So now because the community was launched or started, I guess, so organically and has clearly grown very organically, where does community actually fit in the organization? Like what business goals are you driving with your events? Yeah, so we are in a really unique position for the SEC and SOX programs. We are adjacent to, so Workiva acts as a national sponsor of these professional groups. You know, we provide the community space and we provide the community managers, but, you know, we are really just literally an open space for financial professionals just to come and congregate without any major hard sales or marketing selling. But, you know, we lightly are attributed to acquisition through driving book it, bookings to our events and contribution of just content through our online forums and blogs. Um, and actually, at this point in time, I'm trying to get more members to submit blogs and to post more because, I mean, basically that's getting us as Rakiva just kind of insights into what are some of the current challenges and motivations of our members. And then finally, a big chunk that I'm also hoping to increase with the SEC and SOX Pro groups is engagement. You know, we do have some super users that we've identified, and we're looking to up them in terms of their thought leadership potential, and then largely driven through our chapter events. So we have 40 chapters around the U.S. Pre-COVID, they were all meeting, but, you know, right now, I'm sure all of you are kind of feeling it you know, we're trying to get that back up and running. Yeah, definitely. It's been an interesting time for user groups. I think there's been a lot of awesome examples of community programs that have thrived throughout the last couple of years. There have been a couple of stories where community programs have kind of stagnated a little bit. And of course, there's some where they've had to kind of pivot entirely because it just wasn't working anymore. But I think that hopefully one day at an in-person CMX Summit, we'll all be able to get together and like drink a bottle of wine and talk about Definitely. this time for user groups. <laughs> the things that we've seen. Yeah. I always tell people that if you asked me two or three years ago, virtual meetings, I would have laughed in your face, but <laughs> I was one of those in, you know, March, 2020 of, Oh shoot. You know, what do we do? Oh gosh. Pivot, pivot, pivot. <laughs> Yeah, totally. Pivot, pivot, pivot. Isn't that just the meme that came out? So I want to hear about the metrics that you're actually using to track the successes of this program. So if you're driving acquisition, you're driving contribution and engagement, how are you reporting on these successes? And what are the metrics that you're actually using? 
Yeah, so I've broken it down into two areas, and I always have, but there's the event side, and then there's the community side. So on the event side, um, you know, we're tracking attendance percentage. Um, you know, who of our registered is attending, and, you know, we take that, you know, that net total. And then on the back end, you know, we have everything synced up within our systems, our uh, community system, our, you know, events webinar system we're using on 24, which makes it really easy to sync up with and integrate with Marketo and Salesforce, by the way, um, to track leads. So everything is flowing into our Salesforce systems. Same thing um, with Ultrex. That was something that I did set up there. On the community side, you know, kind of the typical metrics that we're using, uh, unique visitors, the number of visits, percent activated users, forum posts, and comments. I personally am flipping back and forth since I'm kind of newer to the side of community reporting of monthly versus quarterly. And I know there's a lot of talk on when is the best time to pull those reports. Well, I think if I may add my two cents to that, (laughs) there's a difference between what you track and what you report. So for, you know, myself in the CMX community and Diane, who's our community apprentice, we track everything. We like have every single number you could possibly want to know about the CMX community. We have it on a weekly basis. We track it. But just because we're tracking all of these crazy numbers and metrics, it doesn't mean we're reporting on all of them. So... I think, I don't know if that helps, but yeah, it's like tracking versus reporting are two different stories. Yeah, it's it's been a really fun journey for my career. You know, I was 100% focused on user groups and my new opportunity. I'm doing it all. So I'm like, yeah, tell me all these tips. (laughs) I love that. Well, so what are some of your tips then for inheriting a community? Because if you've come into this, this group, or this, this role, you've seen these groups that have grown so organically from this very real place. How did you kind of inherit that? What were some of your, your steps that you took to inherit a community program? Yeah, some of the steps that I really did take was, number one, since user groups or these pro groups are 100% member-driven, involved. there's people, there's real people. I mean, I know for all communities it is people, but, you know, I, I just personally feel like with user groups, we do talk to our volunteers frequently, not just online. We hop on phone calls. So um, first step that I took was, you know, we were calling on listening tours. I met with, I don't know how many hundreds of people, it was a long couple months, but getting to know everybody, saying, hey, my name's Lauren, you know, what questions do you have for me? What changes would you like to see? How did COVID affect you during this period and what can I do to help? So listening to them, I'm inheriting a community where, you know, the ways that we treated our super users and our, you know, top contributors is very different from where I came from. You know, at Ultrix, we also did have to kind of pivot in the notion of what is a top contributor? What do we want? We want these people to contribute. You know, we currently right now, we assign these roles and these hats just because they might have the big name, name label attached to them or the company, um, I'm trying to change that behavior. So I'm working with these people. I'm identifying who could be my champions to work with their peers to get them on board with this. The other big thing that I really did take to granted by having such an awesome team is actually having a network, you know, a CMX, you know, I'm actually, you know, looking at CMX. I'm trying to attend as many sessions as possible because I don't have my support system anymore. So it actually has forced me to engage with other community managers that are outside of my immediate organization. 
thanks for saying that because I like to think of CMX as like your colleague, you know, it's like you are on a team of one or a team of two, but like you actually have a lot of colleagues and come join us at the water cooler because we all know what's going on and we can hear you and we'll bounce ideas off us and we'll help you get through things and share experience. So I'm glad that you say that. Thank you. Yeah, anytime. We're, we're not, we're all like, in, I think we're all in the same position right now. <laughs> Don't feel alone, everybody out there. Oh, totally. That's absolutely true. Well, speaking of not being alone, I have a question for you that is a question I ask all of our guests. Okay. And that was a weird segue, but I was kind of (laughs) going into like not eating lunch alone. Anyway, the question is, who is a community builder that you would love to grab lunch with? Yeah, like we were talking about, you know, CMX and whatnot. I always would say, and it's cheesy to say, like, I need a user group for my user group. And this is basically who I'd volunteer. Another trigger word for those of you who do use a group, volunteering. But it would definitely be um, my girls at the Altrix community, Flavia Brancato and Stephanie Jansen Havrig. I miss them so much, but they are blowing things out of the water when it comes to taking action during these times. You know, COVID, as we've mentioned, really did shake things up in the nature of what we do. Um, So it's been really exciting to honestly see them take my baby and transition it over to the next generation. They're doing so many things right now with the reemergence of the user group meetings there. Um, I'm seeing hybrid meetings. I'm seeing back in person. I'm seeing virtual. So got to give them a shout out. And then I also have a third person, Rachel Hartley from Autodesk. Um, She's doing some really cool things with her user groups that I've never seen before. And number one, I was just impressed with what she was able to accomplish to the Autodesk Community Dojo. It's basically a self-service help center for her user group leaders. And that basically means it's this whole page that they can just go and get content and they don't really need to involve the community managers as much. So once again, driving back to more of a member-driven type of concept. And then recently, she's bringing together her user group leaders to have an open conversations about how COVID has affected them and how can they rise up in a COVID world. But the cool part is she brought me into the conversation. So it's kind of cool to bring an outside community manager perspective into kind of your environment. I mean, that is something I've never seen or even thought of, but I think it makes sense because once again, we're all experiencing these same challenges. And I'm sure with your community members and user group leaders, They don't like to listen to us sometimes. Sometimes they need to have somebody else come in and give the same kind of pitch. So those are uh, my folks. Cool. I mean, that sounds like it'll be a really epic lunch, and I hope that I can be your fourth. Yeah, actually, yeah, (laughs) you can join. (laughs) Excellent. Thank you so much, Lauren. Thanks for making some time to have this conversation. It's been so nice to have you. Yeah, anytime. It was so much fun. Thank you so much for listening. If you liked the show, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. If you'd like to learn more about how to create your own community, go to pod.bevy.com. That's pod.bevy.com. This is the Community Corner, and I'm Beth McIntyre.